Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Like Robbie said, we're already in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to take a minute and I just want to be obedient. Um, You know, Pastor John gave me great advice this week and he said 15 minutes of obedience is better than 45 minutes of manufactured. So my assignment today is to be obedient. So I'm going to take a minute and be obedient. I just want to pray. And I want to pray over our hearts and our minds. And the Lord's already doing the work. Like, this is his service. This is his word. He's already doing the work. So, Lord, I just thank you that you are preparing the hearts and the mind of your children today. I thank you that your spirit has gone out and has plowed the soil of our hearts. You've confirmed this word through all of the exhortations this morning, God. So I just thank you that you chose me to be the mouthpiece this morning. So we release expectation, God. We release, some people were expecting to see Pastor John this morning and they didn't see him. So we release that expectation that goes with that. Some have expected to see somebody a little older, more wiser. So we release that expectation. God, we just thank you that your spirit is alive and active and working in us today. And I thank you for the transformation that is happening in this room at the homes of everybody viewing online because your word and your spirit has no limit. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So this week, the Lord's talking to me about what he wanted to release this morning. And the one thing he wanted to release was faith. Talked a lot about faith. And so I don't normally find myself somebody who struggles with faith. My husband will tell you that I'm the one that's like, it's okay. Like, we got this. God's got this. Everything's fine. This week, I struggled. And it's okay to be real because it's on the sign. So I'm going to just be real. Covenant life is a place to be real, so I'm going to be real. This week, I struggled. I had already prepared a message. I thought it was pretty nifty. Had a cute little graphic. Thought, all right, let's do this. And then I had a bit of an emotional breakdown out of nowhere. I'm there one minute preparing a sermon. I'm the next minute bawling my eyes out. What came over me? I dealt with a lot of doubt. Doubt just flooded me in that moment. Did not believe that I heard right. And my Lord, I know you speak clearly. I know I hear clearly. But I am doubting everything. And I'm not an emotional person, but I was emotional. Like, I was like ugly, ugly crying. Like, snot and everything. It was bad. I had to go to the bathroom and get away from everybody. And so then they can tell. You know when people can tell you're crying and you're trying to hide it? That was me. So I'm like, what's wrong? I don't know. That's the, that's the fun part is not knowing. I have no idea. So I said, okay, God, what do you want to do? He said, well, we're not going in that direction. I said, okay. Well, where are we going? 
Crickets, yeah. No, nothing. Um, okay, God, um, you know I'm going to need something. And so um, God's faithful, even if it is late at night. So last night, thank you, Jesus, he finally gave me what he wanted exactly to say. And so I have these really cute notebook papers scribbled all over up here, but that's okay. And I'm sharing this because I think it's important for people to see the process. Because it's very easy to see people in a position or in a, on a platform and think, well, they're really like super spiritual and they got it all together. From the inside of Covenant Life, from behind the scenes, being um, interning to on staff, let me go ahead and reveal something to you guys. We are all a hot mess. We really are. And, and it's okay because God makes beauty out of messes. So you get to see the polished version sometimes. So I just want to just go ahead and tell you that ain't, that's not today. So we're going to release the expectation of polished in Jesus' name. Okay, so I want to take you to the scriptures because we're going to start with the word. And I want to tell you what the Lord was revealing in these things. And I'm going to ask you guys some questions. And you're going to have to actually think about the answer because it's important, okay? So let's start. We're going to open in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25. Okay, it says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, you may be lifted and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. But when you pray, first forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. We're going to go skip over to Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink anything poisonous and it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. That's good stuff. But if I ask you this question, please don't get offended with me. Because I had to ask myself this too. Do I really believe that? He says these signs follow believers. I don't have many miraculous signs following me when I go to Walmart. I mean, if you do, let me know how you got there because that would be cool. But if you had to rate your faith on a scale of 1 to 10... One being not even close to a mustard seed. Ten being miracles follow you. Where would you rank? Does your score change depending on the circumstance? Depending on the category? Do you rank sometimes in a ten for healing in another person's life, but a one for healing in your life? Do maybe you rank really close to a 10 for faith being shown and produced in the life of your pastor, but a 1 in your personal life? If you had to rank it, where would it be? 
where would the lid to your faith be? We all have a lid. We reach the top, there's the lid. And we, we reach a lid in a lot of things. And when it comes to our abilities, there's only a certain amount of abilities we can do. There's only a certain level of exercise our physical bodies can take. There's our lid. When it comes to our faith, we have a lid. And I know we have a lid because I see it in Scripture that the people who actually are the closest to Jesus also had a lid to their faith. And I want to show it to you. Matthew 17, 14 through 20. So this is after Jesus came off the mountain of transfiguration. And if you have never read that, go back and read that. It's really cool. So chapter, uh, starting with verse 14, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. And a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and he suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless, corrupt people, how long must I must be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing would be impossible. Nothing. These people lived with Jesus. They saw the miracles daily. This was a lifestyle for them. This wasn't a once a week church service or a once a year conference experience. This was a lifestyle. And they knew Jesus gave them the authority to go do the same. And they were. They were casting out demons in his name. People were being healed when they used the authority of his name. But in this particular case, they hit their lid. So what do we do? When we know that there is a, there's a faith lid, a lid to our faith, a limit to our faith, what do we do? I'm going to show you in Mark 9, 21 through 24. How long has this been happening? This is the same story. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since the boy was little. The spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is, is possible if a person believes. The father cried out. This is where we get our instruction. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. The very first thing we have to do, and it's really unpopular in the church because we try to fake faith. We do. We'll post about faith. We'll even like, I believe, yes, I'm praying for you, I believe. We fake. 
but we need to be real. We've been designed to pretend everything's fine and that we're at a level that we don't actually live at, and that's limiting us. If even the disciples had unbelief and doubt, and they got a firsthand experience, what makes us any different? In fact, I think it's easier for us to even have more doubt and unbelief. But the very first thing we have to do is acknowledge the doubt. Acknowledge the doubt. And now some of you are like, why would we magnify doubt? We should not be magnifying doubt. We shouldn't give any attention to it. We shouldn't even pretend it. Like, we should pretend it's not there. In fact, I'm just going to, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn on some faith sermons because I need to, I need to pretend like doubt doesn't exist. I need to quiet it, right? The first thing we do is acknowledge, be real and acknowledge there's doubt. At what level? There's, a, there's doubt, whatever your ranking was. And the reason is you cannot address what you don't acknowledge. You can't. If you do not acknowledge what's really going on, you won't be able to really do anything about it. You have to own it to disown it. Like Robbie said, you have to give it a name. If, if he is the name above every name, but we don't take the time to name what's really going on, how do we put him above it? How does he rise above it? How does his glory rest on that? How does it ever come through in our life as he is greater? So we have to acknowledge the doubt. And that, that's harder than it sounds so easy. So easy. Like, okay. But we have been conditioned to fake it for so long that acknowledging that doubt exists, that there is a level of faith that we can get to, but then there's, not, there's no more. There's a lid. There's something blocking it. That's tough. That's hard. But it's so important. And we can take it from what we just read of the Father. What a great example. God, I believe there's a level of faith here, but help my unbelief. Okay, Lord. This isn't in my notes. Let's go. Okay. There's a difference between unbelief and doubt. I know, that sound, I know, I'm messing all up, sounds crazy. She really didn't prepare, obviously, she's talking crazy. There's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is, I don't know. Just like the man who came to Jesus with his son, if you can, if you can heal him, because he's saying, I don't know, but if you can, and unbelief is, there's no way. Absolutely not. There's not even a small chance. There is a difference between unbelief and doubt. Okay? 
And sometimes what we're dealing with is doubt, which is, I don't know. And that's when he says, test me on these things. Try me, taste and see that I'm good. Because there's still a level of faith in the doubt. Then there's unbelief. And sometimes that just comes on us. You ever just be in a place where it's like, for whatever reason, I just can't believe that. Like, we're ever going to get to a place in our, 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 our culture, in our society, where things can be normal. I just don't believe that. Because that unbelief has been fed and fed and fed and fed. There's a spirit of unbelief. So doubt's more internal and unbelief is more external. It's more influenced on you than rising up from within you. That one was free. All right, we're going to go to Revelations to the next point. We're going to go to Revelations 12, 10 through 11. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ, for the accuser of the brother and sisters has been thrown down with the one who accuses them before God day and night. So he accuses us day and night. And they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. That's already been shed. So it's already there. It's already accessible. Blood of the lamb, done. And by the word of our testimony. So the second thing we have to do, first we acknowledge that there is doubt. We be real. We get really real with God. And we ask him, Lord, help my unbelief. But then we testify to the doubt. We testify to the doubt. We overcome by the word of our mouth, the word of our testimony. We look back over our life. We remember when God was proven faithful. We remind ourselves of the times he did come through. The times that we did receive healing. The times where doors that were supposed to be closed swung wide open that made no sense to man. God did it. We remind ourselves of all the times he was with us in the small moments. The time where the light was about to turn red and we relate and we pray. And the Lord is faithful and that yellow light was slow. It might sound small, but he's faithful. He's faithful. Even the small things we remind ourselves of. We woke up today and we had breath in our body. It might seem small, but we thank him for what he's already done. We look back. He has been faithful. And this is, this is particularly important because this isn't based on how we feel. He doesn't always feel faithful. 
it doesn't always feel like he's coming through. It doesn't always feel like he's reliable. But faith is the evidence of what he's already done. We can hope because we have evidence of what he's already done. He is faithful, not because we feel that he's faithful. He is faithful because he is. And so we're really good about being a touchy-feely culture. And we like to go with how our emotions, I feel like praising, I feel like going to church, I feel like worship, I feel like reading. And when I don't feel like it, I don't do it. But that's not faith. That's feeling. And faith is knowing. That's why you have to testify to that doubt. He said, let me remind you of the time that God was faithful. Let me remind you at the the time when there was no money in the bank and somebody came and gave us a love offering. And it was the exact amount needed to cover the bill. Let me remind you that I don't have to worry about this situation with finances because God has proven already that he is faithful. When in 2020 hit, we got COVID and we got to experience all the emotions that went with it. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of doubt that comes with COVID. You're like, who was I around? Who did I infect? How long has this been going on? All of these things. Am I going to end up in the hospital, especially when the media was feeding us all the statistics? And sometimes information can, can be a little overwhelming. It was way too much. But God was faithful. I experienced an actual miracle in my healing with COVID. I was down and out for two days. On the second day, Raul was getting really worried. All I did was sleep. He, he had to wake me up to make sure I was taking medicine and I was eating. He was getting really worried. And I just kept having healing scriptures playing on YouTube, playing in the back. Because my brain, it was a headache. I couldn't concentrate. But I, I knew that I needed to keep the atmosphere. So I did that. And then I heard a word that was given from a minister. And he said, offer up praise a sacrifice of any kind, offer up a sacrifice of any kind, and the Lord told me to offer up praise. I'm weak, I'm tired, I can't even think straight. I promise you I didn't feel like it. There was no feeling like suddenly the Lord just gave me an inspiration. No, I didn't feel like it. And all I could utter out of my mouth was, God, I praise you. In that moment, I felt a release. Every fever left my body. My energy came back. By the next day, I was 100%. God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and, and that must be for somebody that is, is battling something in their health. Because God has shown up before in your health. Now, this might be a bigger way that you need him to show up. But remind yourself of the time he was already faithful. Testify to that doubt. Praise God for what he's already done. That releasing of gratitude that Robbie ushered us into, that's so important. And again, not based on feeling. We don't always feel like it. But we remind ourselves, God, you are good. You are faithful. You are worthy of praise. You are so 
good. Even when things don't feel good, you are still good. And even though I don't feel it, I'm going to try to believe it. So, Lord, help my unbelief. The next thing that we have to do, we're going to find in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. We have to dismantle the doubt. And we do that by building our faith. How do we build our faith? By hearing, by reading the word. So first we acknowledge that we are dealing with doubt, that we have a lid in our faith. Then we testify to that doubt. We remind ourselves of what God's already done in our lives. So now we build our faith by reading about what he's done in the account over history in others' lives. See, the Bible is an amazing place because it shows you where his promises have been given and fulfilled. You see the beginning of the promise and you see the end. You see that he has come through, that he has proven himself faithful. So we read about the accounts of history, historical moments written in time for us to know that God is faithful. We build our faith. The reason we're able to build our faith is because faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's something that has to be cultivated. It has to be given attention. It has to be built on. If you never read the accounts, if you never testify of the things that he's done in your life, your faith will not build. Your level, your lid will remain the same. We have to build our faith. We have to cultivate that fruit. Another way we need to build our faith, we're going to find in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another with acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the time of his day return is drawing near. We build our faith by surrounding ourselves with people of faith. We surround ourselves in an atmosphere of faith. Just being here this morning for the worship set and seeing God move, it built my faith. We must surround ourselves with people who will water our faith. Okay. Another freebie. We have to protect our faith. We have to protect the seed of faith that God puts in our life. 
That means not everybody needs to know what you are believing for. Not everybody needs to know. We look at the account of the story where Elizabeth and Zachariah are expecting a baby. But before that, it was a promise given. And John put out a a challenge to us to ask the Holy Spirit what he wanted to say in those scriptures a few weeks back. And so this is what he shared with me. I noticed that after God promised Zechariah through the angel in great detail, by the way, like he was so specific about what John's purpose was and what he was going to do. And Zechariah got caught up on the fact that they owed. I just think if somebody gives me that much detail, I'm probably going to ask more about that stuff. But I'm not Zechariah. What God did after Zechariah said, how can this be? We are old. I'm paraphrasing. That's Cindy edition. The angel silenced him. And that might sound a little harsh, but that was a gift. We need to accept and receive the gift of shutting up. If I can say that plainly. I just did, so there's that. We need to accept the gift of shutting up. Reason is, Zechariah would have continued to speak against the promise. His doubt was there. He would have said, hey, so this experience happened today, Elizabeth, and I'm, I'm just assuming that this will happen. And he, she would, he'd tell her, the angel said this, he said, but I told her, like, we're kind of old. And then she'd be like, you know what, you're probably right. And Elizabeth would have adopted the unbelief. Adopted the doubt. So, because he was silent, they became pregnant really quickly after that encounter. But what did Elizabeth do? She went in seclusion for five months. You would think after being given the promise God has, that has promised you, knowing that you have received it, you would want to go out and tell everybody. Why did she go in seclusion? Yes, it was part of their culture. Okay. But she was protecting that seed. Because there was no ultrasound back then. There was no Doppler heart detector. There's no way for her to have known life was growing. So if somebody, she shared, well, God said I was going to have a baby. And they'd be, honey, you kind of old. That's probably, he must have been getting that communion wine. You know, they would have fed the doubt. They would have fed the unbelief. So I don't know who that is for, but... There is something the Lord has spoken to you that has, he has promised you, and it's still developing. And as it's growing, accept the gift of shutting up. Okay? And I say that with love because that is a gift. Don't speak against it, even if you don't see it yet. See, the thing is, see, I've been, I've been pregnant three times. I have three children. First pregnancy... You couldn't tell I was pregnant until about five or six months. The other two, I looked like a well immediately. It was fine. But the first time, you can't see the promise 
till it grows a certain size. At that moment, she was able to leave seclusion. People no longer had to doubt if God said what he said and if they were crazy or not. They saw it. So until it starts producing results, until he tells you, seek him on who to share it with. We see in the same account, Mary came to visit. After Mary had an encounter with the angel, and he told her, you're going to have a baby. And she did, not, she did not do what Zachariah did. She said, oh, okay. She immediately agreed. She then left and went to see Elizabeth. Now, they didn't have Facebook, and they didn't have phones. So they couldn't, she, couldn't have not, she couldn't have known. The angel told Mary the promise. And when Mary walked into the house, the Holy Spirit was already in, in um, John. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit because the baby leaped. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit and came to prophesy over Mary. She did not know Mary was pregnant until the Lord revealed it. And why was that important? We think about it. You just get told that God has given you a promise that you are supposed to carry. And in the beginning, there's no evidence. Nothing has changed in your life. Nothing is different. So freshly pregnant, the Lord confirmed to Mary the promise through Elizabeth. God will send you people to water your faith. He will send you the people you need to encourage you on the journey of the promise. Corey, you can come on up. Faith is a fruit. That's true. And it has to be cultivated. But what do we do when our grape is more like a raisin? I mean, once we get it back to a fruit size, that might be okay. I might be able to keep that going and build that up. But right now, listen, 2020 really and 2021 really dried up my faith. And maybe we don't want to admit it, but I believe there's areas that it's dried up yours. And the Holy Spirit's already been revealing to you what that is and what area. The last thing we can do is we can ask him for more faith. And the reason we can do that is because not only is faith a spiritual fruit, a fruit of the Spirit, but faith is also a gift of the Spirit. And he says that he will give out his gifts to us how he pleases. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of services, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in us all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. 
To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, one Spirit gives the gifts of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, the other ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to discern whether the message is of the Spirit of God or another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while others are given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person shall have. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire special ability the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. We should desire the gifts of the Spirit. So it's okay to ask. But if we don't acknowledge we need it, how do we ask? If we don't acknowledge that there is a lid in certain areas of our life where we see in other people's lives, but in our lives we just, I can't can't believe that. Y'all stand with me. I said, since the beginning of service, the Lord has been doing a work. He's revealing the things. He revealed your ranking to you. Your ranking of faith. He showed you what areas that there's still a lid on, even if you've grown in that area where the lid might still be. this important why why would this be the word he wanted to release to us today why and this is what I know 2022 is a year we will see the goodness of the Lord 2022 will be the year the things that we have been praying and seeking God for as a church As a family, as a business, we will see come fulfilled. But like a pregnancy, you have to have the strength to make a viable, a viable delivery, a viable pregnancy. It has the strength to be able to deliver the promise that God is growing in you. And this is specific. There is a specific thing that God has spoken to you that he said that he promised to you. And you know it's a promise, but you haven't seen it yet. It's been like that five month seclusion period and there's been no, no, no sign of growth. And he says it's growing. He's still working in the dark, he's working. Okay? So whatever that promise is, we have to have the faith to carry it out. We have to believe him at his word. Because there's a greater measure of miracles. It was 
the Lord already said it this morning. There is a greater level of miracles that will follow us. There is a greater level of transformation that that flows through our family line. And some of you have been praying for something concerning your family and you haven't seen it happen yet. And I'm reminded of the men of faith. And if you read Hebrews 11, you will read how even Abraham, he knew God promised them the land of Canaan. He, they promised him and his ancestors, but he did not see the fulfillment of that promise in his life. But he never wavered in his faith. What you are experiencing, what the Lord is birthing in you right now, at the Holy Spirit's right now, he's doing a work, I feel it. When he, what he's birthing in you isn't even for you. It's for your generations to come. It is for your family and your children and their children and their children and their children. And it starts with a level of faith. It's time that the church actually become believers. It's time for us to actually believe him and take him at his word. Remind ourselves of the time he did come through. And you tell this emotion, I don't care what I'm feeling. I don't care if I feel this, I'm gonna believe this. And you surround yourself with people who will water that. Turn off the TV. Stop scrolling Facebook. What's watering you? Are you watering unbelief and doubt? Are we listening to all the statistics and everybody's opinion? Or are we listening to what he already spoke? He already said it for you. He already said it for your family. He already said it for this church. And I believe it's no coincidence that today, being the first Sunday of 2022, he released this word to us. He wants us to break the lid. It is time that the lid gets broken. So I'm going to invite you to come down. I'm going to invite you to come down for two things, okay? And you can come down for anything, okay? There's not like specifics, okay? But come down and talk to the Lord. Talk to him about that ranking between one and 10, if you didn't get a clear answer on what that looks like for you and where that's at, come asking. Let's acknowledge where we're really at. Let's be real. And no shame. If the disciples could see it firsthand and still have unbelief, and more than once he talks about their unbelief, more than once. So can we. The second thing I'm going to invite you down for is if your faith is dried up and there's really nothing left to cultivate because 2020 and 2021 really has hit your faith, has drained it, has dehydrated it. Then I invite you, you can stand if you want. If you want somebody to pray in agreement with you, then I just ask that you come up and you stand. And we have an amazing prayer team that will pray with you. But if you want to get along with God too, you come down, you kneel. But you ask God, Lord, you said in your word that faith is a gift and that I should desire the gifts. 
and I just need a defibrillator to my faith today because I want to believe she said some really nice things about the promises of God in 2022 and there's some things in my family and in my life I've, I've been believing but it's been so long that my faith has dried up I no longer believe like I did Lord defibrillate recharge that faith and he's faithful to do so so Corey if you'll just play something sing something worship the Lord we're just gonna I'm gonna open this up right now y'all come and we're just gonna be with God for a minute if you have somewhere to go I just ask that you give me five minutes to the Lord right now five minutes search our hearts oh God Show us if there's anything that's limiting you. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.